Okay, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guarding your heart, and Proverbs chapter 4, and it says this, um, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And when we think about the heart, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word, or the Hebrew language was more of a language of a description of holistic type of perspective on things rather than analytical and things in pieces that make up a whole, such as in the Greek language. So when you read words like heart or soul, um, many times those are words that are not words that you would see as like entities or, or items in themselves, like the heart being separate from the soul in the Greek language, things were very specific. They were, uh, could be broken up into pieces. Um, there were items that had individual names, like you could take a carburetor out of a car. That's a carburetor. But like in the Hebrew language, in the Hebrew mindset, and the Hebrew perspective on the human body and on physical life was just the whole body as a whole. It was never looked at as, you know, something could be separate, like the brain. So it was, that's why we don't, sometimes we see like, words like soul and spirit, right? Two words in the, in the Hebrew that, um, that in the Greek, it's very clear there's two different words in the Greek for that, um, suki and um, pneuma. But in the Old Testament, sometimes you have, you have soul and you have spirit, and sometimes you have the word life, and then, you know, and, and sometimes these, are, these can <clears throat> be used interchangeably. The word heart here really, it's a picture of the holistic part of the core of a person, your core, your core being, your core. It speaks of your mind. It speaks of really the heart really represents the soil of your soul. If we could look at a tree, and this is going to be a little bit Eastern kind of thinking, but if you look at the soul as like a tree, and that soul has five parts, the mind, the will, the emotions, the conscience, and the self-consciousness, these five parts of the soul make us who we are. And there's a, a great Chinese pastor named um, Watchman Nee that wrote a lot about this whole topic. And uh, he describes the heart as really the core of a person. And the soul is that part of us that's self-conscious. You know, it's, a, I'm aware, it's aware of what we want, what I want to do, what I feel, uh, what I like to do, what my preferences are, what my opinions are, the way I feel around people. <clears throat> it's a very subjective world, and it really rotates about, around my ego. That's the soul. The soul really is imprisoned to, <clears throat> uh, to self-awareness. Okay, is that, Am I going too fast? A lot of psychology here. Spirit, that part of us is, is God-conscious. That's part of us that is, that is, if you were to look at a house and it had skylights, the spirit of a man would be like a skylight. The soul is like a part of a man that's like, you know, sometimes when you're in your house, there's no windows. You have no idea what's going on outside. Uh, the, soul is, the soul is like that. Sometimes we just get in our soul. We're so wrapped up in our feelings and our emotions and, our, and, and what we're feeling. We're emoting and we're, we're you know, we're, um, we desire things. Maybe we're sad. We're saddened. We're pulled down. And David said, my soul cleaves to the dust. And so our soul is that part of us that really cleaves to the earth. You ever walk around somewhere, hear some music that you've never heard, and there's something about you that cleaves to that? 
like you feel that and like that soulishness and that's that 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 is just something that it, your soul cleaves to things it can cleave to a person it can cleave yeah yes yeah yes um smells fragrances you know like like when i smell lilacs are there lilacs in texas i mean they're really strong up where i'm from and you know that bring back memories of just certain times so that part our soul is that part of us that perceives and feels but it does not know okay you got that so we feel we perceive we understand we look we we participate we engage but we don't know like we know but we don't have this um we don't have conviction persuasion in our soul persuasion and conviction happens in our spirit the spirit of a man is that part of us that's persuaded right like like you know um like you know our brother here john said he's like he loves to share the gospel so that's a persuasion right that's a persuasion that that's something that's deep in our heart right hi i know sir welcome back um so that spirit is, is a part of us um that that is that just has a persuasion so it's like if you learn a bible verse and if you're learning a bible verse and it's something that's speaking to your heart in a deep way that bible verse when it speaks to your spirit is never going to you're never going to forget that i mean 20 30 50 years from now if we live that long you may be doing something and the entire verse will just come back to you in its entirety in a moment where you're not even thinking about it that's because your spirit that part of you is uh, is that part of you that has an eternal memory and that's why whatever we learn today with christ on this earth is something we have for eternity we're never going to forget that your convictions and your persuasions and the rhemas and the things that you receive from god in your spirit these days are something that's never going to leave you it's never going to forsake you and that's our spirit so when it says here guard your heart it says um keep your heart with all diligence and for out of it are the issues of life when we think about the heart and just talking about guarding our heart um my wife is in health and wellness and she is really she's exposed to a lot of people that um that are dealing with um the consequences of our american culture and our lifestyle and it's still as of this year the the highest reason or the greatest um reason for um death in america today is stress is that people stress stress is killing people it causes diseases it causes um a disharmony and disbalance in our hormones and in our chemicals in our body and it actually makes us acidic and when we're acidic that just creates like a lot of problems and um and so stress not only stress is something we're dealing with on a daily level on a, on a daily on a moment by moment level now stress is not bad it's just how we do it's just how we respond to it stress is actually something that keeps us fine-tuned if that guitar up there that we play every sunday is not tuned with the right levels of stress on the strings it's going to sound terrible but if it is precisely tuned that every string that has its has its has its um 
harmony and frequency that it's supposed to be sounding at, if it's properly tuned, it's going to sound amazing. And so stress is a good thing. I mean, stress, um, God allows stress in our life so that, so that we can be t- on top of our game. Like Paul said to Timothy, he said, quit ye like men. He said, he said just grow up and don't be such a baby. Be a, be a man. Walk in faith. Be a man of God. And he says, face trouble, face conflicts, face, face um, hardships, um, you know, face adversity. Uh, don't run. Uh, don't be a coward. Stand up. Um, in, in, in 2 Timothy 2, this whole chapter about how a man of God lives and a woman of God lives under a, a, a place of stress. And we are living in, um, we are living in um, higher and higher levels of stress. Um, I just just talking earlier about, you know, some parts of the Asian culture that can be such high achieving in our American culture too, but there, in Asia there can be such a high level of achievement that that would just create high levels of stress, which can lead to suicide. And what happens? Well, stress not only dampens and it not only kills our spirits. And what, you know, I want us to turn as I'm reading this to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And uh, the spirit is that part of us that is persuaded. Our soul is that part of us that feels, that knows, that like feels, that can perceive. Yeah. Philippians chapter 4. And verse 6. Um, be careful for nothing, or actually, literally, be be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is a King James word that just means to pray for yourself. Just your personal prayer requests. Pray with thanksgiving. And I think that's important because when we pray, and here Paul is writing to a church in Philippi, which is really a target of persecution. And he's saying there's a lot on your hearts, there's a lot on your minds right now. When you pray for yourself, pray with thanksgiving. And I think it's important, like when we pray with our spouse, when we pray with our families, and even with our kids, is that we remind we remind our, our families as we're praying, Lord, like you did before. We remember when you did that before, right? And that always just, thanksgiving just reminds us of, of the faithfulness of God in the past. And let your request be made known to God. Now, that sounds kind of obvious, right? Let your request be known to, to God. It's like, isn't that the point of prayer? But really, you'd be surprised how often when you pray, you're not pouring your heart out to the Lord with things that are on your heart. And you may not even know. Like, you may not even be... Like, what can happen with religiosity is that we can become so uh, ascetic or so stoic that we don't we don't know how to discern ourselves anymore and we actually think it's a bad thing for me to struggle with something and we kind of hide that we don't want god to see that or we feel ashamed okay i'm scared i i I know i shouldn't be scared but i'm scared in this circumstance or i'm fearful or i'm afraid or i just don't trust god in this situation i think it's okay for us to pour out our heart make your supplication to the lord make your requests be known unto god i can and when we do that, guess what he does? Guess what happens? We're addressing anxiety. So Kim walked in the room. We're just going to start talking about anxiety right now. <laughs> stress. Now we've been talking about anxiety and stress. Stress is something that we live in a world 
that is out of balance. It's, it is un, it, it, there, things are out of harmony. Things are uh, they're not centered. Uh, they're 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 spinning um, without a, a a pure orbit of of wholeness in the way things are happening in this world. And so there are these catastrophic events that happen from time to time because of a disbalance in the world that we live in. And that is because of sin. That is because at one point in the garden, Adam and Eve had a conversation with a supernatural being who said, who was, who was Lucifer, who was Satan, said, if you uh, eat of this fruit, if you partake of this information that's not from God, but from a satanic perspective, then you're going to be, your eyes will be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good from evil. And they did that. And when they did that, um, it's a fascinating study, but at that moment, the entire creation that functioned in in a beautiful harmony and functioned like a like like a like a German machine, at, at, uh, suddenly just began to have um, was lopsided. began to uh, begin to function without harmony. And whenever there's something in our life, physically, mentally, spiritually, in our decision making or in our conversations or how we do things. When there's a disbalance in my life, when there's a false balance, it's going to create a, a it's going to create a false balance. It's going to cause a disharmony, and what that will do is, is that one thing in your life is going to have to take more. It's going to have to take more, um, more on its plate to handle, and other things in your life will be, will be, um, will be not addressed, and will be maybe tolerated and. And, and there's going to be this disbalance. And what happens is, is that that creates. And the way we think, the way we live is just going to affect everything in our health and the way our thinking is. And so stress here, stress, stress is, so stress is not bad. It, stress becomes bad when we don't know how to deal with it and how we, we don't know how to live, how, how to engage it with God's mind, to engage it with the nature and the characteristic of God. Stress is when, is, 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 is internalized into our life to something destructive and harmful in our life, causing harmful and destructive behavior in our relationships, in our personal life. That happens when we don't engage stress properly. Stressful things happen. They're going to happen every day, every hour. You know, they're going to happen. Stress not only dampens our spirits, someone said it this way, and frazzles our nerves, but the constant rush of adrenaline overstimulates the heart and can weaken the immune system, leaving us prone to more illnesses and stress-related problems. So when we think about stress and we think about Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it come the issues of life. The, the condition of our heart is so important. It's the most important thing in our life. The condition of my heart is, gonna, is going to dictate the way I talk, it's go, the, way I, the way I'm going to want. It's going to dictate the way I make decisions, it's going to make it's going to dictate my relationships it's going to dictate it's going to dictate everything and that's why it's so important that our heart be right with god in the morning mm-hmm. that we just get our heart right with god and there are times you know if you've walked with the lord for a while you can discern your heart right sometimes you just know your heart's not right it's like you know and if so if you're live if you're married or if you're with someone or with family or with someone close they're going to be able to tell you too like something's off <laughs> you know and i feel like that's what my wife's always doing with me like something is off because there's a disbalance, there's a disharmony 
and there's a wobble. That's the word I've been trying to think of. There's a wobble in our orbit, and it's not healthy. And when there's a wobble, um, it just makes me think of a friend of mine, actually, who passed away recently uh, here in Houston, and he owned a Ford F-250. And this was, it was several years, it, was, it wasn't old, but it was not one of the newer ones. And so it had this problem called the death rattle. And the front end, for some, would just shake. And as we, and with the shaking, the vibration would just cause other problems, and these other problems would cause other problems. And it would actually be like, in some cases, it would cause just serious issues with the, with, the, with the vehicle. And when there's a wobble in my life, when there's a disbalance, when there's a disbalance in something in my life that's not balanced because of stress and because of, of, of not engaging hardship correctly, then what will happen is, is that this is going to affect my health. Um, so what's, what, what do we do? How, how, do we, how do we deal with this? How do, we, how do we engage stress? How do we, what's the Bible say here? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 talks about guarding our heart. Guard your heart from the, we think about it in, in regards to our loves. What do I love? What am I, engage, what am I, what am I looking at? What is in the center of my heart? What is, what is my treasure? And but I'm talking here about just one aspect of guarding our heart, and that is guarding our heart in a world of stress and trouble and threat. And if you're a small business owner, if you're, you own a business, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, how do we guard the, and keep the, the core of who we are? And I would like to say this, and, and, and the answer is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. We don't. <laughs> God keeps it. The peace of God is keeping it. I mean, yes, we agree with God. We agree with the peace of God. And it says this in verse 7. It says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. I love that. When we think, you know, I, how many times have you talked to people, many times younger Christians, and they're like, oh, I just can't guard my heart. I just want this thing so much. And, or I'm so afraid. I'm so anxious that God's not going to hear my prayer. Or I don't know if this is going to work out in my life. And this is looking really bad. And and I'm, my heart's all over the place. And, you know, and, and I'm tempted to go back to where I came from and the old life and the old relationships. And, and, and when, that ha- when that happens, we realize that as much as we try, we are not able to capture and control and guard our own heart and our own fleshly energy. We just can't do it. We need something greater than us. We need something that's deeper than us, and that is the spiritual man. That's the word of God, and that is the peace of God. And look at this here with me. Um, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Understanding here means just understanding. It means like what I understand, what I see, what I can touch, what I can wrap my hands around, what I can wrap my mind around. This is the thing that I, and you know something, there's a lot of times when we are just beyond understanding in our life, like we we can't answer the simplest questions like, why is this happening in my life? Why is this happening in this circumstance in my life? And it's very easy for us to lose that guard of our heart and just let all of these anxious thoughts come in. Don't worry about anything. It's literally in nothing be anxious. And the verb rendered worry here, and this is from a commentary that did a great job on this verse, the verb rendered worry here is the same word used in 2 verse 20. There has the positive sense to care for someone, but here it has a negative sense of anxiety, a lack of trust in God's care. 
You know what anxiety is? It's the opposite of peace. What is peace? I'm going to look at peace here for a second. We have peace with God, Romans chapter 5. Peace is not this feeling. It can be. Peace is not this, it's not the, it's not the absence of conflict. It's not me finally being delivered from a situation that I've been wanting to be delivered or a relationship I've been wanting to be delivered from for many years or many whatever. Peace, that's not peace. Peace is actually very objective. Peace is described in Romans chapter 5 that we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. The, book, the writer of, of, of Ephesians, Paul, writes this, that we have peace with God. Two that were, that were once separate are now made one. We are one with God. Um, when I was in Bible school, I was just a brand, first six months of Bible school. I was 18 years old, just knew nothing. I knew very little about the nature and the characteristic of God. And I remember going to systematic, the, systematic theology class and um, remember sitting down and reading about the theology of God's love. I just read it. And there was this one statement and changed my life. I just read it. That the love means that we are one with God, that we are one in His love, and that nothing can separate us from that love. Romans chapter eight, that we are in Christ. That's what peace means. Peace means that in my situation, I'm in Christ. <clears throat> in my situation, God doesn't change His mind about me or you. In my circumstances, or in my failure, or in my lack, or in my in my trouble, I'm not in my trouble. I'm in Christ. And Christ is in God, you know, so I'm in the Trinity. I'm part of the Trinity. I mean, that makes sense. Like, I'm in the Trinity. I'm, with Christ. I'm in Christ. And my righteousness, it's going to sound crazy, but it's true. My righteousness, the righteousness that I have, I am just as righteous as who? Jesus Christ. Why? Because I'm a good person? Because I obey all? No. <laughs> Some of you are like, chicken, no, no. It's because Christ is in me and he's the righteousness of God. His blood is in me and you are covered and that puts us in Christ. And so that's our peace. Let's make it even a little bit more deeper. Christ is our peace. Remember that? He is our peace. Where's that in Ephesians? Chapter two, verse seven, I think. I don't remember. Somebody can find that. Remember, any theology or any teaching in the Bible that is detracted or detached from the person and nature of Jesus Christ is going to be deception. I mean, people can have great, great doctrine about things, but not even know who Christ is, and that was the Pharisees, right? Jesus shows up, and they don't understand this is, this is the one that they've been waiting for. And so he is our peace. So Jesus is our peace. We have peace with God. Why? Because Jesus is our peace. Jesus, our peace, went to the cross. And he reconciled the two warring parties and he put them together. The flesh strives against the, the spirit and the spirit strives against the flesh, right? In the book of Galatians. I'd say that when we understand that he is our peace, um, we begin to understand that he cares for us, right? I think that like sometimes when, you, when we talk to people or when we talk to ourselves and we're like, you know what? I know I should have peace in this situation, but I don't feel peace. I just don't feel peace in this situation. And, and that's because we're functioning on a soulish level. Mm. We just don't feel it. And you know, a lot of times we don't feel our Christianity. We just don't feel it, right? I mean, how many of you, how many of you 24-7 feel amazing in God? Maybe you do. <laughs> I wish I could. I think if I, can get a few, if I can get a couple hours a day 
where I can just feel like, man, that was just anointed time. It, that's great. But a lot of times, because we live in this world of stress and pressure, um, we can lose our peace. And you know what it means, anxiety? Anxiety means just, it means literally, the idea here in this verse, and what this commentator is pointing out, is that, is this, don't worry about anything is often expressed idiomatically, for example, do not eat up your own heart, do not let your thoughts kill you, or don't let your thoughts take away your strength. And that's exactly what stress does to us. Stress will, will, is, a gut, is, a, is a gut puncher, takes our, takes our breath of courage away. And when we, when we live in anxiety and we don't know how to, isn't it amazing that sometimes you're really free, I don't know, wake up, you wake up in the morning, and that's for me the most vulnerable time when I w first wake up. I shouldn't confess that, but I wake up and, you know, like I've got to go right to the word because, and not to my text messages and emails and all that stuff, because I'm just not ready for all of that, you know? And, and it's like, you know, all of this stuff can pile on your head even before you get out of bed, like all your responsibilities and how things are not working out. And this question mark here, is this going to, what's going to happen with this circumstance and this situation? And I think that if we wake up and just can go to the Lord and, and just commune with our peace, him, he is our peace. We get a word from him. We can look at his life. I love how Jesus walked into extremely stressful situations and he didn't really have to talk much. He's standing before Pilate, standing before Herod. You know, tell somebody today, hey, here's a subpoena, you're going to court. Man, that's going to be like, we're going to pass out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless you have a good lawyer like, like you do. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, like, um, but I think when we look, understand that Christ is our peace, that, um, these things don't hit us so hard. Maybe the situations have looked so big. And then after church, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, you're going home. And the mountains that you had when you came to church are like just, they're like anthills. You know, you ever have that? You ever just get to, with the body and you're like, wow, wow, perspective. Man, this is, you know, okay. You know, and I think what, so the point I'm making tonight is this, is that guarding our heart means this. It means that I'm allowing the peace of God to guard it. And it's okay if I don't understand everything because it's, it's, passing, it's passing understanding. And sometimes when there's people that may say to you, people that you love or maybe people that are influential in your life, well, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do? And sometimes we don't really have the answer. And not that we want to be irresponsible, but because we just don't know. But we can say, I have the peace, definite article, and he is, his name is Christ, his name is Jesus. Like that worship song, hope has a name, right? Love has a name. His name is Jesus. I think that if we can allow Christ to guard our heart, if we can allow it like, to understand you know, something, I am, I am one with God, he is one with me. And it says here, make your requests known to God. And that can only happen to someone between two people that deeply have a deep trust. Like, I'm not going to tell somebody my deepest things going on in my life if I don't know them or if I don't trust them. You know, I had a, I remember a guy here in Houston. He had, like, he had, a, like, a marriage ministry. And he wanted to meet me. I was like, okay, great. And I didn't even really know him. And he sat down, and he wanted to just know all the intricate things about my marriage. And I was like, <laughs> like I think what you're doing is awesome, 
but you know, like we got to take some baby steps, <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, we don't, you know, it's okay. I mean, he was, he's, he's, he's doing great now, but I, I think it, that when you, and I wasn't there for marriage counseling, I was there to meet him and he wanted to talk about the whole topic of marriage. And, and so I was available to do that. And, and I wanted to encourage the guy too. And he's doing great. But I think that without that trust, without me knowing God, that he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to like jet in a situation or he's not going to leave me like everybody else did. You know, he's going to be there. He's going to walk me, walk with me through, through darkness, you know, in Isaiah 45 verse 11, that there's some treasures and it's Christ. And I think that when we have that, then we have this peace and I can say, you know what? Um, and I remember just talking to a group of Christians right when COVID started. <clears throat> Everybody was kind of freaking out. We really, all, none of us really knew what it was. <clears throat> we were kind of meeting together with some people that we knew, and and um, and uh, and I said, you know what? Don't worry, it's going to be okay. And they said, no, it's not going to be okay. We're going to be okay because God is with us, but it's not going to be okay. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's great. That's great perspective. Like things are not going to be okay. And as a Christian, we can't promise people like, hey, if I pray for you, it's going to be okay. It may actually get worse. My dad got saved, and when he got saved, like the, the great life we had is living in America and New England just went to pot. Everything got really tough. But you know something what we had that we didn't have before was the presence of God in our family, it was a Bible, an open Bible, a place to go pray and talk to God. And we had the peace in our midst. And so when we understand that, that, that may not, it passes understanding. And, and when we live that way, then, then, then there's this, there is this, there is something in my life that's bigger than me, and it's, and it's actually umpiring, it's actually calling the shots. It's actually saying, okay, that thought that's coming into your heart right now, that's not for me, so cast it down, and, and, and peace does that for us. And so I just wanted to share that with, a, with you guys today, and just about peace that we have with God. Um, if we feel stressed, Stress has a way of putting us in a little box. We need to get out of the box. We need to see the big picture. Uh, we need to look at God's track record in our life. And we need to be with the body of Christ. Amen.